Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatula here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, sir, we got Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. And you rolling with us on a Monday evening in the Metroplex. Appreciate you rolling with us. Hope that uh, you're having a good evening wherever you are and however you're listening. Um, that you can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. Or you can uh, catch us on YouTube. 105.3 The Fan on the YouTube page or going to twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Lots of places you can listen to us, Odyssey app, all that, and we appreciate you doing any, all, uh, however you want to get involved with this. Uh, your Dallas Mavericks currently staying really close with the not very good Washington Wizards team, 18 to 16. Um, Daniel Gafford starting at the center position for your Dallas Mavericks on this night. I imagine in some ways to give him a little bit, a little bit of a, a shot at you know having some fun against this Washington Wizards team, but also. If you were keeping uh, attention this weekend with your Dallas Mavericks, you got to see him come in and P.J. Washington, but also, I mean, more of Daniel Gaffer come in and really electrify the American Airlines Center. A double-double in its first appearance Mm -hmm. uh, and just handling a team on the boards, getting out in the transition. I mean, ferocious dunks. Blake, you got to see most of this game um, in person as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, what do like? Let's just start. Where do you want to go with these new look Mavericks? Um, well, I, I kind of mentioned it on Cross, and I know you were on a lockdown Mavs friend with Nick Angstad talking about it as well. Yeah, and it feels like, and I agree with both of y'all. It feels like they've moved a tier. It feels like they've gotten themselves. It's a one game sample size, but we are. It's hard not to be a prisoner of the moment because I, I was talking about this with Nick and Grant at the game. Is it wasn't guys. That's Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavs and mm-hmm. Grant Afseth yes. of uh, SI Basketball. Yes, yes, thank you. SI.com, rather. Um, it, it wasn't a guy hitting 70% from three or something where it's like, oh, that's not really sustainable. Or, or it was like a, a guy that was going off for 35 and you've never seen it before. And it's like, oh, you know, it's great, but it's probably not going to happen. It was a lot of effort plays. It was a lot of hustle. It was a lot of athleticism, a lot of IQ. So it was. it feels like stuff that is repeatable. Um, and their biggest hole on their team was their size. Their, I saw you mentioned their vertical aspect of the game, those lob threats. Like yeah. Having that at your disposal of pretty much any lineup you have out there, Lively Gafford, one of them's probably going to be on the floor at all time. Maxie can catch lobs. Derek Jones Jr., Josh Green, and PJ. Wait, hold on. Okay, maybe not lobs. Okay, I was, I was like, maybe, look, man, I, I want to let you for, cook. Maybe not however, lobs for Maxie. However. He, he, he can dunk. <laughs> he is able to dunk the basketball. But uh, more so, you know, Josh Green, Derek Jones Jr., PJ. These are all, like, really athletic wings and guards that can 
guard, I would say, one through three pretty well, and they can also finish at the rim. Um, PJ, I think, has one of the better floaters and mid-ranges that we've seen yeah, from you a definitely, role player. Yeah, you definitely saw that mid-range game yeah. come into play, right? When don't we start, Don't got to live and die by the three anymore. Yeah, when we start looking at what changes with this team, what – what what is different, right? We got the first data point as they got a huge like one forty five, uh, one eleven if I remember correctly, just like Somewhere a random random points. Let me see, one forty six, one eleven. I want them to win by forty. Um, <laughs> now of course the final score was not necessarily uh important because midway through the fourth quarter you wouldn't find a single starter on the floor, right? Yep. Your Mavericks had handled business. Luca did not play the fourth to quarter. that awesome. to that way or to that level. Against a Oklahoma City Thunder team that's good, but they were also playing like largely very small, mm-hmm. and so the difference in size mattered even more for the Mavericks. But the things that changed for this team, um, it was very evident as as you mentioned, the energy both like on the floor without you know having to like hit a whole bunch of shots because it feels like this team needs defensive energy or they get def- defensive energy when their shots are dropping. Yep. And they got they were all right shooting the basketball. They weren't the same level only of shooting 15, the basketball. Eight, only fifteen made threes, so. right? As they had previously, but there was still a level of energy. And some of that is just these guys knew the building, and the building was hyped to see them. Mm-hmm. But then also those guys were given a lot of effort. Daniel Gafford is an effort player. Like yep. he exudes that from his bones. You see him in pre and post game, and he's giving you a big smile. And that's one of the things he preaches is that he's going to give you a lot of effort. And he early on he's shown you that, right? And so you hope that that helps maintain and sustain. But then another thing that's different is, and for me, I felt this. I want to know if you felt this as well. P.J. Washington, right? I know that we understand he's not an incredible defender, but he is a plus defender. Yep. He looked really good moving his feet. I mean. You saw what he did as soon as he checked in. He checked in and immediately ended up on Shea Gilders Alexander, who is a tough guard, and was able to keep him in front of him. Full court. Yeah. And that's a guy that averages 34 a game in Shea Gilders Alexander. And. If you, if you want to hear from the players themselves, I, I thought it was a nice insight to kind of hear what, what would Daniel Gaffrey have to say about filling these holes that me and Reggie are referring to on the Mavs. Here is me asking a question at the postgame pressure to after said Daniel Gaffrey. Obviously, the Mavs had some holes, and that's why they brought you and PJ in. Mm-hmm. You two have fixed those holes that the Mavs had. Almost definitely. I mean, you know, it still is room for improvement. There is a lot of things that I feel myself could most definitely be better at, especially being like cross match down the stretch when it comes to not being on just like the initial matchup with the five. But most definitely we filled a couple of holes. You know, I like I, I'm just like a defensive minded guy. I'm always the one that's kind of like in the back being the anchor. So at the end of the day, just pretty much send anything down to the basket and I'll take care of the rest. It's what you like to hear. And it's <laughs> what you like to see. Right. This is the thing that's going to be interesting to watch is if anybody has a little bit of jaded to there, if they're jaded at all, because like Grant Williams came in talking a big game and it was I mean, it was reasonable to expect. You had seen like the 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 kernels of what that could be with Grant Williams. It was the whole idea behind mm-hmm. signing, doing the sign and trade, seeing if you can maybe see him grow into a role that you wanted him to. Mm-hmm. And you've seen these guys play, and you know, so none of this is out of the realm of possibility. But in one game, extremely small sample size. You saw some of those things. You saw the amount of shots that were changed and altered. A lot of deterrence from Because, him. you know, Daniel Gaffer was down low and making it tough on these guys. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, I love the additions. The, the question mark has always been once these trades go through, okay, is this going to be enough, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of wiggle room when it comes to a- assets out on the backside of this if you need to continue to change more, right? Yeah. This is this is what it's going to look like for a little bit of time. 
But as of right now, the very first game, it looked incredible. I want to see it more stress-tested because that was a team in the Oklahoma City Thunder that were very small and weren't playing their best game. Correct. And then also, that was a team that's not going to shoot a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, that was a, a team where at any given time, there's probably two guys on the floor that you could just let shoot. In fact, we, we saw actively it. saw <laughs> Luca, Maxi, other people just actively wave off guys. Like, you can go ahead and shoot that. I don't care. Giddy, You're not making that. Josh Giddy, Dor- Josh Giddy had a horrendous game. Like, right. there's, there's really no other way to put he's, it. Like, he's, he's been playing Like a horrendous yeah. game. Like, was missing open shots, was throwing layouts off the back of the backboard, landing at the three-point line when, yeah. they, when they fell. Um, do you want to give a small shout-out to Josh Green? Because I feel like he's kind of gone under the radar with how well he's been playing. Over the last 15 games, Josh Green leads the NBA and made corner threes, and he's shooting 47% at that. Also shooting 70, 74% at the rim on 64% true shooting on while averaging 12 and a half during that stretch. So, Hold on, you give me a lot of numbers. Break this down for me. Like, what, what are we speaking to? Luca is creating a lot of open looks, and we've seen this in past. The role players haven't been able to knock down those shots consistently, and the biggest thing that we've said with Josh Green is his consistency and kind of his confidence. And of recent, one thing I've seen is him, he gets the ball in the corner, he's not really looking to pass anyone. Now, he will do it every once in a while. But a lot of times he's in a catch-and-shoot motion when he catches it in the corner, especially off a of Luka pass. And then the second part of that stat with finishing at the rim, and I think they talked about on the broadcast a little bit, and I agree a lot with Followell on this, is he's become, and Derek Harper as well mentioned it, he's become one of the better finishing in the and transition guys. Like, he finishes really well in transition with the kind of the stopping motion and getting up and under on those layups and kind of slowing his pace down or just dunking the ball. Like, he's very athletic in the open court and very fast with the ball. And now that we've seen him get a little bit better ball control, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's Kyrie Irving. But he's gotten better, and we're seeing it progressively over rather than just a two, three-game sample, which we kind of used to with Josh Green. Two, three games, up, down, up, down, up, down. 15 games of 12-and-a-half shooting over 60% from three and 70% at the rim is is pretty good for one of your role players who you're not expecting as much from anymore with the additions of P.J. and Gafford. Exactly, and I think that's another reason why I'm I'm excited about these additions is that it seems like it's sliding folks into different places now where Derrick Jones Jr. is likely going to be more – more of a even more of a role player not I mean he's one of your defense better defense players when you start looking at like the advanced numbers of this right the on off splits Mm -hmm. and those types of things but if you look at it I mean and tell me what you think what do you think is the starting five when this is all I think PJ Washington is a starter at the four obviously lively at the five unless you unless you really like what Gafford is giving you at certain points (laughs) Kyrie Luca and then you just have that three spot which it seems like because and as you mentioned you're getting a lot more consistency from Josh Green Maybe he's your starting three. Yeah, I think I think he's your starting three. I think the one spot um, that's still a little angst for me is backup point guard. Yeah, I, and I, I like Jaden Hardy as a scorer. I like at the two, like another literally yeah. another Kyrie yeah. coming off the bench. But then you have because this is my least favorite lineup, and I will say this until I'm proven wrong: the Hardy, um, Kyrie, and um, who am I forgetting? Hardy, Kyrie, Josh Green. And, is, no, 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 or, no, and and t- Tim Hardaway. Oh, yes. Jaden Hardy yeah. and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. That three trio, because they did that a bunch with P.J. and Gafford or P.J. and Maxie, it's horrendous. Well, they the idea, no defense. The idea is to run there. But yeah. And that's when the run happened for yeah. MKC. And they, they, yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's going to be that staggering of Luka and Kyrie minutes to have a ball-dominant um, you know, player and playmaker out there. But, yeah, that secondary or, I guess, tertiary, however you want to look at it, uh, playmaker – that's going to be interesting. If you can get X and back, which, again, I know there's yeah. people losing more hope there, but, like, if these guys are healthy, Kyrie and Luka, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. they're not healthy, this is when you're putting more. That's why you wanted a Dinwiddie. More on it. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie decides to go with the Lakers. Yep. We can talk about that more yeah. as we continue on in the program. But, yeah, this is where there's going to be more onus on Jaden Hardy, on Josh Green to deliver. And so that might be one of the places where there's a little bit of weakness I, that shows up. I, I think you you got to choose to play Hardy or Tim at the same time because I feel like they kind of do similar things with catching and shooting and just giving you much offense and not even much on the defense side of the ball and not really doing too much either ball handling and playmaking. I think you got to sub one of those guys out and have Josh Green on the floor or Derek Jones Jr. Once you go to that secondary lineup or you're kind of, you know, staggering minutes, I think one of those guys has to be a defender and you get a little bit more size because you got three really small guards that none of them play defense. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that that's part of what's going to what we're going to be seeing over the next few weeks and months, even headed to the playoffs with this team, is now you add these pieces that are big pieces, right? It's not like these are small touches. These are big pieces that you've added here in Daniel Gafford and PJ Washington. So the Mavericks are gonna have to do some refiguring of what this what this team is. Your your Jason Kidd now. <laughs> your bench mob is not the same bench mob. And you can't just try and shoehorn these new guys into old play styles. So they're gonna be figuring some things out, which is why I'm not super surprised that they're currently in a little bit of a, a battle right now with the Wizards. They're actually down three mm-hmm. right now in the second quarter. And now of course they're up. Let, let me be honest. Let me stop. I am surprised that they're down on the Wizards, but I knew that there's gonna be some figuring out that needs to be had. Hands. And if you have your questions about Jason Kidd, as I think you rightfully should, this is where now you're, it's, it, the, the ball is in his court. Nico Harrison has done a great job giving him as good of a roster as you prof- probably could have expected. He's been cooking. With uh, the assets. This is where Jason Kidd is going to need to make his money outside of simply like, you know, the expectations of being able to, you know, manage Luka, Kyrie, those types of things. On the floor, the X's and O's of this, they're they're going to need to do some figuring out. And he likes playing different rotations and getting a feel for that. So it, it, time got to retire that, that three man rotation. Yeah. Right? He got to retire it. Time is necessary, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's going to be some figuring out that needs to happen. Uh, so yeah, I, look, the new look Mavericks. It's really interesting and it's intriguing at the very very least. There's a newness to it. There's there's mm-hmm. there's something that mm-hmm. is no longer simply the stale same old same old. Uh, I there's some there's some questions to answer yeah. and. What do you look at as like the ceiling of what we've seen right now? Or do you just feel like it's too early to tell? Because that might be the answer right now. It it definitely is too early to tell. But if I had to put my finger on it, I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier during the week. I said that they were so they could probably win their first round and the second round they could make interesting. I feel like if they're playing how they did against OKC and with the third easiest schedule in the West left seventh overall and they and they finish out. I think they have to go 20 and nine. I saw today to finish with 50 wins. And I'd put them probably somewhere around close to the five seed. I feel pretty good good about them in a second round matchup. I think anybody outside the Nuggets and maybe the Clippers, but that one we don't know how that would go. Like I feel good against them against the Timberwolves. Maybe I feel good against them against the Thunder playing small. I feel good against them against the Kings or Pelicans. So the West is 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 quite open now. I think outside of the Nuggets, there's a lot of room for taking that top spot. I'm not talking about seeding. I'm talking about how you finish the season in the postseason. And I think the Mavs, when you have a top five player and another top 10 scorer on your team and you have all these role players playing their role correctly and everybody's slotted in, like Reggie said, I think this team's ceiling is as high as their effort is and as high as, high as Jason Kidd uh, works the rotations, man, and staying healthy. Yeah, and I think that that's what I'm most interested in because when it comes to the ceiling, I'm still not entirely sure what that looks like. Yeah. It's probably in a similar place where second round and I can see – it just feels like you have more cards to play. This Mavericks team previously looked like they had one way of playing, and if that did not work and the shots weren't falling, sorry. It, it was drive and kick with Luka. Right. ISO and make a three. And it feels like they've added more more opportunities and ways to play. Mm-hmm. 
And so that is that is very interesting. Now, will they utilize those well? What does it look like against different styles of teams? Correct. Right, because we mentioned multiple times the Thunder were playing pretty small. What Chet, does it look I think, like? I think Chet played under thirty minutes, and he he didn't play very well either. Yeah. He was off shooting, so mm-hmm. that changed the way that they played. They will have opportunities to play against some good teams, some teams with some size. I know that they got the Cavs coming up soon, a team that's playing well and has some size. Mm-hmm. They got the Suns after the All Star break. That's another team that has like star players where. Your, your defensive acumen is going to be brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's all obviously they're going to have the Nuggets, so the Jokic question will be, That'd you know, be put out there, right? Like there's <laughs> a lot of games down the stretch that I'm super intrigued to see these Mavs play, to see the pressure points of these new look Mavs pushed. We'll get a lot of chance to see that right now. Their their medal is being tested simply in game two of the new look. Rashawn Holmes, right? Revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> right now, as your Mavs currently down to the visiting Washington Wizards, twenty nine to twenty seven. A lot of time left in this one. Nine minutes in the second quarter. We'll see how this one continues, and we'll talk about it later in the show as well. It's the get right right here on one oh five through the fan. Coming up next, let's get back into Revelations Fallout from Super Bowl fifty eight. Does does this game prove that the Niners' model of building around a quarterback is untenable? We ask the question, and we'll answer it coming up next on 105 Through the Fan. Second and 10, Niners up 3-0. Purdy going to throw a double pass. Back to Juwan Jennings. A throwback across the field to McCaffrey. He's got it. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! CMC, enter the dragon, baby. Whoa, that was a call. Shout out to San Francisco Radio, <laughs> Niners Radio, because them, them boys was having a blast. And, I mean, it was a good time for them. They were up 10 to nothing in a, in a game that did not seem like it had a lot of offensive, uh, you know, offensive power coming through. Mm-hmm. But a trick play coming out of Kyle Shanahan's bag First to get score. them up. 10 to nothing. Uh, I believe that was in the second quarter, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, no, it was 3 nothing going in. It was So, I mean, and that was Juwan Jennings, another guy that we gave a lot of credit to. Christian McCaffrey, another guy who was incredible in that game. It's the get right right here on 105 through the fan. I'm Reginald Natatula. That's Blake Elliott. Sersky. Thanks for rolling with us. As we ask this question, you know, based off of that Super Bowl, look, the Niners ultimately lose in overtime 20, 25-22, the Chiefs get their second straight uh, their second straight championship. Their third in what four tries? Yep, yep. First time in twenty years, man, back to back Super Bowl champions. And so you know, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, they 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 end up in dynasty conversation. Those things we can have those later. But one thing I know about you know Super Bowls and Super Bowl champions in particular and Super Bowl games is that we then utilize this championship game that's on such a high level. To make assumptions and decisions based on and how we you know go about team building, how we go about play style, like this ends up being, um, you know the it ends up being the prototype, right? When we start talking about the copycat league of it all, yep, right? We're always trying to okay, well, what's winning and how do we do that? And let's try and copy what's working. And obviously, the ultimate level of working in this sport is what's working in the Super Bowl. And so the question that I that came up, and it it's really comes up from a lot of question or a lot of a uh, conversation that's happening on Twitter, football Twitter, as they talk about this this game and other things. Does this game prove that the Niners' model of building around a quarterback in this instance, Brock Purdy, with the limitations that he poses, but also like the capabilities that he has, is untenable in this modern era of football? Right. What, what is your immediate thought with that question? on the idea of the the viability of doing it the way that the Niners are doing, just a whole bunch of talent 
around a guy and let's just build it up around them and we can win that way. Well, before I get into it, uh, would you like to tell the people why I sound like this? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I then, should. so before I go on the soliloquy. Yeah, because you're going to be talking a lot and there's going to be a lot of people like, yo, that's nice for Blake that he's uh, reaching puberty. No, he's. I, I assume that he's already re- reached puberty. I, I can't so. speak specifically to I that. So. However, there's a time uh, in every young man's that's life. Right, that's right. That's um, right. But no, I, I, like Blake, I like hearing it from your perspective. Blake, well. Blake just went hard, right? Like Blake just went hard during the Super Bowl party. A lot, of, a lot of people happen, and apparently they they watch the Super Bowl. Like there's various different ways to watch the Super Bowl, so people keep it real quiet. They watch the Super Bowl like it's the club, right? They yeah. got the turned up, and there's a whole bunch of people having conversations. So this man's yelling and talking over the music and yep. apparently trying to holler at ladies yep. and a, all that stuff. A lot, of, a lot of yapping. He did not consider the fact that he had to come here and do a four-hour radio show. So he's going to sound a little bit like it. But you know, <clears throat> no, it comes from a place of enjoying this football game so damn much. Yes, yes, it does. So now that that precedent has been set and I'm not hitting puberty live on air, um, I, I think it is a little bit hard to answer this question with full validity of, Yes, it is just this and not that. I, I saw some tweets going around, and I and I kind of feel I, I kind of felt a good place with. You either have to have a top five quarterback talent, or you have to have one of these QBs on a rookie deal where you can just spend crazy lucrative money and build a team around him, a la San Francisco 49ers. And they kind of fell into it. I don't think when they drafted Brock Purdy, they knew he'd be the face of the franchise and be the starting quarterback. Obviously, they had Trey Lance on the um, on the roster. They had Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo, yeah. and then things worked out. Brock is there, cool. Um, it, it, it's kind of hard to say because what do you what do you do if you if you're one of those middle teams? If you have a um, I don't know what's a, what's a middling quarterback? Uh, no, I was about to say Matt Ryan. I don't know why I'm thinking of him. Thinking of mats are coming in my head right now when I think middle of the road. Um, uh, he said Matt is a mid name. Shout out to all our listeners named Matthew. Apologies to you I, on behalf of Blake Elliott. A, a Geno Smith, a Baker okay. Mayfield. Yeah. Like guys that are good, probably above average, but not. Or at least average. Average right? to that, above average, yeah. but they're like a C plus, B minus quarterback. Is that enough to win? And I would set, probably say no. And then, or is it okay just to have a, a Brock Purdy, a Jordan Love, a C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, these young guys that you haven't seen their full potential, and you can and you can build a lot of money around it, and you're hoping they blossom while you're not paying them a bunch. Because then, but then also the other side of the argument is okay when you do have a top five quarterback, a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, you pay them a bunch. You can't have a million receivers around them. Right. You can't have five offensive tackles that are all making x amount of money because you don't have all that capital to spend anymore and patrick mahomes is so good that it give me whatever receivers give me me you and ross's receivers and we're going to figure it out and like rasheed rice they draft you haven't seen me catch a football <laughs> don't worry we we, we know what's going to happen rasheed rice okay. rasheed rice turned out great but like oh kirk cousins is a name that comes up but then kirk also cousins. another name that came up here is dak prescott and it's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. i thought it was important to mm-hmm. have this conversation because it feels like when you ask that question is this a way that works you're, you're basically interrogating the Cowboys' M.O., right? The, the mm. way that they've decided to go about this is Dak Prescott is our quarterback. We know that he's a certain level of good. Now it's incumbent upon us, being meaning the organization, to build around him and put together a team that is good enough to go and win. And mm-hmm. so the question is, it, it's really animated because of the fact that, hey, okay, this is the Niners team that it feels like has done the idea of putting the things around the quarterback at the that, highest level That was possible. the model. That was the model. It's right there. And they ultimately lose. But here's the thing, and I think Broadus got to the heart of it and the way that I typically tend to view these things, is that when we do the whole, hey, this is what happened in the Super Bowl, so this is the model, mm-hmm. we ignore the ways in which 
little flips of a switch one way or another. Like, you're playing a ball, a game where the ball is oblong and it bounces weird ways, right? Correct. In fact, quite literally, if that happens, maybe one or two of the turnovers that happen in this game don't happen and it's an entirely different game. Or you maybe have a circumstance where, you know, maybe the kick on an extra point is just a little higher or hands aren't in the right place. Mm-hmm. And now, the, you know, a made extra point changes the way that this thing goes, right? And so I feel like it's tough to look at that that way because if, if those things do shake in such a way, and those are like the luck elements of this, right? Talk less of the idea of what happens if Dre Greenlaw's Achilles does not snap mm-hmm. as he's just getting back on the field. And does that change the way that any of this goes, right? Yeah. There, there's there's small things that shift, and then you have a Super Bowl championship with, for the Niners, if that's the case. And I know there's a lot of people happen, you know, out there thanking their lucky stars that that is not what happened. But still, like, then that whole model is validated, and we're having an entirely different conversation. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has consistently been in a good place in and, the way that they've operated, and I, I think that I think that this is a possibility. But the tough part about it is you're looking uh, you're looking across the way at a Kansas City Chiefs team that they they have done something with a quarterback that is really good and then also maximize young talent on the defensive side of the yeah. ball to make themselves damn near inevitable. Yeah, and what do you think about this, Reggie? Regardless of money, do you think you have to have a top 10 quarterback talent or how he's playing that season, like a top 10 level quarterback to win the Super Bowl? Because I, I, I think you probably do, regardless of money, because then you can start saying, well, Purdy's not making top 10 money, and C.J. Stroud's not making top yeah. Regardless of money, just talent-wise and what you, they produce on the field. You want my cop-out answer? Give me whatever one you're feeling right. most. most I really want to get this cop-out answer so that uh, everybody can be mad as they listen right now at 8.31 mm-hmm. p.m. Um, as my teacher in, I believe, seventh grade uh, always used to tell me, there's more than one way to fry chicken. Mm-hmm. right? Like, There's a lot of different ways to get this done. Mm-hmm. I will continue to point you to. Uh, what was it, the 2000 Ravens when you get Trent Dilfer, who in my, for my money is the worst quarterback to have ever won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Trent Dilfer, right? Uh, you could look at the 2015 uh, Denver Broncos where I know that in, in name they had Peyton Manning, but in my estimation, that's Williams Manning, right? That was a truly terrible um, offensive product that they were putting on the field, except they had a historic defense, right? Like there's different ways to make this shake, but uh, okay. Like in, today, in today's NFL with how pass heavy it is. Right, right, exactly. In a modern era, it does feel like you need a quarterback that's probably in that top 10 area of this, like yeah. at the very least, because one thing that you could look at over the last, and I'll have to, I'm, I'm going to be borrowing from Stephen Weiss of The Ringer, very good writer um, when it comes to a lot of these things. But over the last, I want to say, I don't know, um, five to 10 years of uh, offensive in EPA, right? Offensive uh, expected points added, which is a you know kind of a an efficiency metric that will point to in this instance how Our good an offense plays, stat. right? Outside of the 2015 Broncos and this year's 2013 or 2023 Chiefs, in the last 10 years, the Super Bowl winner has had an offensive EPA ranking around the league of top 10 uh, above the top 10. In fact, yeah. Most of the top seven or higher mm-hmm. outside of that 25th ranked Broncos team, which, again, had a historically great defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this Chiefs team that also has a very, very good defense. Very good. And so it does feel like you need that level of offense. And typically that offense comes with a quarterback that is right. of that kind of top I, 10 staff. I think IQ goes into it as well. We got texted in by the text line 214, a, a quarterback with high IQ. I think in the Super Bowl, you're, you're splitting hairs. These are the two best teams going at it. So. Obviously, I think most people would say Mahomes is more talented than Brock Purdy. 
But what are you sure? <laughs> but regardless of that, it's it's about your decision making late in the game, throwing a pass that could be interceptable versus taking the check down, taking a sack versus throwing it out of bounds. Um, some of those play calls towards the end of the game where Mahomes, I'm sure he had a little bit of a hand in there where he was doing a read option and keeping the ball himself and like those flip plays. Like those are little things that can't really be coached, can't really just be thrown out there. You just have to have that instinct to do it. And some quarterbacks have it and some don't. But regardless of that, I, I do think you have to have someone that's at the top of their game, echelon-wise, thinking, talent, making throws in that top 10 category to win a Super Bowl. I don't think you're going to see any more of the – I'm sure it'll happen every once in a while, the anomaly Trent Dilfers and late Peyton Manning um, years. But I don't think the Kirk Cousins, Geno Smiths, Baker Mayfields of the world, they're good and first-round playoff kind of guys. But I think you have to have either that rookie guy who's exploding, a C.J. Shroud or Jordan Love, or you have to have one of those top five talents when you look at like a Josh Allen, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, LOL, and like a Patrick Mahomes. So two examples I want to list, because I think y'all are definitely onto something. Um, what is it? I think it was the 2018 Patriots when they beat the Rams. And it was just like Bill Belichick just shut them down defensively. So yes. that was like, that was the game for me where I was like, okay, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are the goats. But anyways, um, that year, Literally in that Super Bowl, it was just Tom Brady just slicing it to Julian Edelman, and the two of them and Bill Belichick defensively won that game for them. And similarly, what was it three years ago when the Rams won it with Cooper Cup? Like Cooper Cup, just one man alone, just shredded the but defense. Matt, so I, Matt Stafford that year was playing at an MVP level. Yes, but he was also injured in that game, so I do remember that. So I think. Yes, I agree, but I think you can be buoyed a little bit by like a quarterback who's maybe not at his best, but a wide receiver or tight end mm -hmm. who is like right there, what top five. Yeah, I mean, like clearly your quarterback is is going to make the most impact of any single player. So having a player of a certain caliber of a high level is is clearly going to matter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, I do think that this is this is a building plan that is possible that can happen, right? And I think. It's like now we have to nitpick the probabilities of it because it's clearly a well. I don't even want to. Uh, it's clearly easier um, if you have a quarterback that's top three, right? If you have that level of of quarterback, but you even saw you know certain instances. And of course, all right, that's not what we're arguing. So I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> but no, I, I I think that it's possible without having the best quarterback. You just the circumstances around that have to be very particular. And it seems like the Niners have, for the large part, gotten there in this instance. You, it, you, it feels weird to say it. Just they got unlucky, and that's not really something that people want to, you know, work into the equation, but it does factor to, to, to finish that, do you agree with Broadus and what he was saying in crosstalk or where they might keep hunting a quarterback, or do you think Brock should be – not contract stuff aside, just – do you think he should still be the future of the 49ers? No, I, I mean, it seems to be the way that uh, the Niners have operated, and it does seem to be like there is an understanding, it seems like, from Kyle Shanahan that, hey, what can happen if you take this elite level of play calling that he has and give him just a little bit more oomph, a little bit more opportunities to, even the way that Brock Purdy this postseason went and used his legs, right? Someone that has more opportunity to do that, right? And adds another level. We even saw Patrick Holmes utilize his legs. He's a leading rusher. And give yourselves to a point where now the defense is guarding 11 in some instances, yep. right? And we don't even view him as a running quarterback, right? There, there's different elements that can be added to this. And I, I know that I have a feeling that, yeah, they will operate in that way where maybe they continue to look for uh, another guy who can continue to add to this. And so 
Look, I, I understand very clearly the ways in which it makes it easier, I think, if you if you have a higher level quarterback. I don't think that this is this is a complete um ending to this you know, this way that the Niners are trying to do it. But it it adds another token in the bucket that, hey, if you if you want to go get that quarterback, you know, that's not a bad way to play this because you could see what happens when you get a guy at that level. The problem is Patrick Mahomes is anomalous, so how much do you want to use that as your as your you know your point yeah, of working here? Yeah, well, at the end of the day, it's well, it tells winning Super Bowls is what matters, and it seems like Mahomes has put a block on everybody for that for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so it's it's going to be a tough job, no matter what way you're trying to build. You have to be pretty damn perfect, and so the, it starts again, right? Like we start again the the quest to try and win a Super Bowl. This time it'll be Super Bowl Fifty Nine in New Orleans. And it seems like all roads still continue to run through Kansas City. Uh, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, uh, what was your favorite advertisement in during this oh, yeah. Super Bowl broadcast? What was your worst advertisement? Did you like him? We'll, we'll talk ads next right here on 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Thanks for rolling with us on a Monday evening on the Metroplex, the day after the Super Bowl, where you, uh, the Chiefs won 25-22 over the Niners. Uh, your Mavericks in action in a, a weird one. Gotta admit, it's just like straight up. Weird game here. Watch some Wizards uh, who are visiting. Lead 58-51 at the half. Your Mavs shooting 38% from the field, 22% from deep. Just not not a good shooting night, but then also like just uh, just rapidly uh, declined vibes compared to what it was Saturday in that same building against the visiting Oklahoma City Thunder, significantly better team. So, yeah, the Mavericks are going to remain the Mavericks in some ways in that they're going to give us some things to think about. We're going to ride the roller coaster. There's still some figuring out to be done after the trade deadline. Yeah, there's, it's always going to be a fun time with the Mavs, man. Up and down and up. They're on a four-game win streak. I got their two easiest probably games back-to-back. This is, what we get for, this is what we get for trying to, like, count the wins before they have. We're yeah. like, oh, they're going to end up at the <laughs> trade. They're going to end up at the uh, All-Star break with a six-game six win streak. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to do a little bit of work. And it's not insurmountable by any means. 58-51, 7 Rashawn Holmes had uh, different plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although, this Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes has all of six points, so we're not going to. It's a big six. It was an impressive six, though. It was, he was, it was doing, an impactful six. Uh, it's the get right. Um, let's talk a little bit about Super Bowl ads. It ends up being, I mean, the Super Bowl, we know, especially the broadcast itself, is a cultural phenomenon in part because the game is big. Everybody cares about the NFL, but also it's because uh, advertising agencies, uh, companies spend a lot of money 
When you pull out the big money right here. A lot of money to have commercials during this game because they know it's the most amount of eyeballs you're going to get in these United States of America. So you got to put your product in front of people, pay a lot of money to do so, and hopefully do something that's memorable and catches people's eyes. So uh, what commercials did you like that caught your eye that you appreciated? Because in all honesty, um, and I wonder how much of this was the circumstances I was in. You know, I mentioned earlier, uh, got to watch the game with Derek Holland. Shout out to the man. Had a fantastic, uh, you know, ambiance, a lot of folks. Folks playing games, uh, enjoying food, all sorts of different things. There's, you know, ways to, that you get ca- lost and caught up. And I, I realized for myself, I was in my phone and whatever during uh, during timeouts. I've kind of gotten very used to that idea, like during timeouts, look down. And so I caught myself looking up like, damn, I missed that commercial. I missed that commercial. But it's still, even when I tried to actively focus, it didn't feel like any of the commercials grabbed me. What about you guys? Uh, I'm, I'm in the same spot. I'm in the same spot. No, none of the commercials were quite memorable to me. And I'm also... Me and Reggie share a very similar sentiment. One, they weren't that memorable. But two, almost every Super Bowl I'm a part of, I'm probably at a party and there's stuff going on. But if a commercial is really good, it somehow, some way grabs people's attention. Whether people are talking, whether there's music on, whatever it is. Because I remember, we didn't, we didn't talk about it before. I think we talked about Super Bowl commercials a little bit, or maybe it was me and Medford. But do you remember the FUBU TV commercial? I think it was 2020 with FUBU? It was, when I explain it, you're going to remember it. The, the channel got changed where it was they hit the Fubo. guy Fubo. Hey, I, was about, cha- I was like, are you sure that's the one we talking <laughs> about? Fubu? I thought it was Fubu. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Where they yes, I do the remember. Channel, they where hit it the seemed, guy yeah, button. It definitely it to, seemed like it. It goes to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No, I think that was was that Fubo or was that TV? Uh, Tubi. Tubi. It was 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 Tubi. Um, okay, I got a question for you, yes. Reggie and Ross. I'm gonna quiz you. How much do you think 30 seconds cost you for an ad this year? I got the Wall Street Journal in front of me for the number. Okay, let's see. I'm going to say, I actually don't even remember. I don't even remember what's going to be right, so I'm going to sound stupid. It's in the millions. Yeah, I know it is in the millions. Uh, 2.5 mil. Ross? Uh, I'm going to shoot for the moon, 10 million. Right in the middle of y'all, 7 million okay, for 30 good. seconds. And I don't know how else I'm going to fit this in on the show. Taylor Swift was shown for 54 seconds, so that would be about $14 million worth of revenue right there that she got for free. Shout out to Taylor. <laughs> Honestly, shout out to the NFL because they feel like they're winning. No, there's a few folks um, from the 214. They say y'all missed, must have missed the one where everyone's imitating Christopher Walken. I did. That was my favorite. In in doing my due diligence, I did go back and like really try and get uh, get an eye on damn near every commercial. I thought that one was cool. I I, I thought it was all right. Like that, that was at the top of the list. You know what? You know what it felt like, especially because we've seen commercials kind of really go back and forth. But historically, it feels like a certain demographic of companies are good for the, the Super Bowl commercial. It felt like we got back to uh, got back to our roots mm-hmm. in this because it felt like the beer commercials were the ones that were solid for me, right? Like uh, you saw Budweiser go into the nostalgia a little bit. They went and got the Clydesdales back out here, yep. got them running, got the dog and everything. I was like, all right, cool. We're back in that place. I'm trying to remember the other do, do uh, have, beer commercial. Do you that have I the saw. list right in front of you of 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 walking? I'm hoping you don't. You have that specific one. Oh, right what in front of you, what right? the what the product was? Yeah, I was. Gonna it ask, was a car company. I was going to see how, how much did the commercial work. What what company was it? Uh, was it was it BM? I think it was BM. BMW. Yeah. Correct. I thought that was a really executed commercial because they weren't flashing the product like I've talked about. It's kind of it was kind of in the background, and Christopher Walken being impersonated was the star of it. And yeah. Like, okay, I like the commercial versus. Product, 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 yeah. product. Now, one thing I will say about BMW, though, is that it felt like they were one of the ones that used celebrity incredibly well. Because one thing that we've gotten to in Super Bowls is it feels like they're just like, here's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do this in almost influential culture way where they're like, hey, you like this person. 
We're going to put them on screen with our brand and hope that you just take that like and transfer it to our brand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in that same way, 817, they mentioned Dunkin' Donuts where they were just basically like, here's Ben Affleck. Y'all rock with Ben Affleck. He out here uh, dancing. I think and trying think, to be a pop, uh, pop star, I guess, is what they were going for there. Yeah. And so here, bunch. Dunkin' Donuts, come through. They, they had a bunch of stuff for Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. I got a question, Ross, Reggie, yes. Solos. Yes. How did Timu get three commercials? <laughs> I really wish I could tell you. I, I think my <laughs> thought is a little problematic, so I don't want to go there. But ain't Timu based in China? Yeah. They got bread like that. Yeah. Aren't they like super known for like not sending you the product you they're, order? Isn't that like well, they're, 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 the, they're the AliExpress, the Alibaba? That's what I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Jewelry. Exactly. Look, man, we just we out here doing this like you are getting stuff for the low, and the he, incredible low, and you have to understand how things for the low get done. And um, you, you know when that commercial was on, there was two types of people. There was people that knew the product, and there was people that didn't know what was going on. And from from my party, I'll just speak from mine because I was the only one that was able to do that. Everyone was like, oh, what is this? What is Timu? And then there was people like, oh, my gosh, Timu's that place. You know there was one or two people at every party that used Timu? Yeah, they were like, nah, Timu. It's funny because it goes one of two ways. They're either like, yo, I don't want to let everybody know that I use this. Or there's the person that's like, no, I'm an evangelizer. You can get get a whole table on Timu for $15, brother. You need to go to Timu. Free shipping. And by the way, my mom is a a Timu evangelizer. Yeah, I just want you to know that's that's what's happening over there. What was the best celebrity appearance? I'm I might, I might lean messy, make a little ultra. I, I I thought that commercial was bad. It was bad. I'm just. I was saying, like, oh, so th- that that was the worst uh, level of here is a whole bunch. Of, they were just like Messi. You know him, right? He's just he gonna play. He's gonna dribble the ball on on the beach. You know who he is? Who else we gonna have? Uh, they you had someone else. Who you like Dan Marino, don't you? Dan Marino. All right, cool. Right. You like Ted Lasso? Who's J- here's Jason Sudeikis? Yeah. You like them cats, right? Drink Michelob. I, I th- we I, did it. I think I just liked how like carefree uh, Messi looked like he was smiling the whole time. But it was. Like, I'm sure he was. That yeah. man is the winner of all winners. Uh, everyone. He, at my he party, basically owns a part of MLS now. He getting getting Adidas revenue. Apple TV giving him money, and now Michelob Ultra's like, here, you want some more? Everyone at the party was like, what did they have to do with beer? <laughs> like, I think that's just like a bunch of like middle aged to older middle aged men on like. A cocaine bender and just being like, okay, you know what would be awesome? Dan Marino, messy, just like throwing ideas and seeing what sticks. Okay, what do we think about Michael Sarah being for the Sarah B commercial? I enjoyed it. Incredible. I enjoyed it. I, enjoyed I it did well. enjoy Incredible. that one. It felt goofy. It felt goofy with him doing the little product of this was my idea because my last name's Sarah. I thought that was thought that was well executed. I think a lot of people really enjoyed the the Paramount Plus ones. Yeah, Obviously, CBS, you know, that that's part of their their company, the the Paramount one. The idea that they have all their content kind of interacting each other on the Paramount, you know, that that mountain that is on Paramount Peak. Yep. Yeah, the Paramount Peak. They've been running with like various iterations of that for a while now. So I, I've liked the commercial, but it, it didn't stand out as like, yo, this is particularly different because it feels like they've been doing that that trend, which is fine. Like, I, I like it. It just wasn't one where I was like, yo, that is like going to I'm going to remember that as Super Bowl commercial. It's like, oh, this is cool. I like this. And it's not on. The, it's on the list, but it didn't get a ranking. And someone just texted it in. Um, I think it is. It made me laugh, and it's from the 214. The, this is obviously for a younger generation of people, so it's not going to hit everyone, but the Ice Spice with the starry, the starry. soda when she was like, I, I don't want you anymore, and then the soda just exploded. It was, it was a little bit uh, crazy. It felt like they were trying to be like, you You remember how the Sprite commercials were back in the yeah. day? Like, I felt like they were trying to do that, but they didn't nail the landing. They didn't nail it, but I, I thought it wasn't the worst commercial I've ever seen in my life, but they definitely didn't like hit it. There was just a lot of commercials you just tuned out to. It wasn't like you were like 
fully locked in. Did we like the Arnold Schwarzenegger? What? 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 The State Farm. State that Farm? was the one that I like. Good neighbor. I hated it. That was the oh, one for me it. that I was like. When you see like um, like on Twitter like a year ago when like all the companies started like tweeting like like millennials and Gen Z, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, where the corporate sponsor or the corporate ad or rather the corporate account is trying to act like a like, hey, hello, how do you do fellow kids? Right. Like, exactly. I am, I am one of you when you were absolutely not. No, the yeah, and that that was the exact vibe I got. I was just like, all right, like maybe maybe we need to to stop with the State Farm. But the one thing that I noted and. I don't know if y'all are of the same, have the same interest as me, but like, you know, the Super Bowl, that's a really big time for like a lot of like movies. So, you know, they show a lot Mm. of trailers. Twister? No, that's not the one I was thinking of. (laughs) But I was just like amazed because this was the first time. So I'm like really big into like Marvel and Star Wars. So like I, a lot of years watch them for the commercials, like, because it's great to like get a first look at stuff. But anyways, I noticed this year that, a lot of the movies and stuff that they attached were like, here's our 30-second Super Bowl TV spot, but go watch the trailer online now. And I was like, okay, but if everyone is saying, hey, go watch this, like, you're not going to get the same engagement. Saving the money, baby. Yeah, I was just Saving the money, baby, especially with the way that all these studios are operating right now where they're just trying to cut costs. Yeah, man, saving that money. Why pay for 90 seconds? We could pay for 30. Exactly. I, I think there was a lot of people that didn't pay for spots. We saw a lot of like automated, almost felt like CBS commercials that you would see if you're just regular watching CBS for like their nighttime show and like their regular shows. Like I was like, oh, I'll watch it. It was like a five second ad. I was like, was that a spot that just didn't get filled? And they were just like, oh, we'll throw this in here. I can't tell you. Not gonna lie, can't Pl- tell you Pluto exactly TV what happened. Couch potato. Yeah, that one I went back and watched because I did not catch that in the moment. I was like, okay, I I like what they're doing here, and maybe it's just like. I have no real investment in their products, so my brain didn't go there. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to, uh, or maybe uh, pull, pull a little one out for uh, avocados from Mexico. I did miss their presence in this one. Did they have one? Oh, they didn't have one. Okay, very good. Shout out to that. And then also, there, yeah, someone did mention earlier, there was, a, there was a decent amount of, like, religious. There was. And I was like, oh, okay, we putting, we putting down millies for this. Yeah, okay, very I good. Like it. I shout like out to, it. Shout I out to it. y'all, I guess, and whoever the donors are that are putting up money. To make sure that we know the the us program. Someone, uh, Jesus loves you, folks. Yes, sir. Uh, Just wanted uh, someone, someone really rich wanted you to know that. I I just surprised they got two different ads like early in the game too. It was like one of the first commercials. Yeah. They also really want you to know that Jesus is a feet guy. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was a reference. But you know, I'm not sure if that's (laughs) blasphemy, but it feels like we should be careful. We're teetering. We're teetering. Um, (laughs) What what do we think of the Squarespace one? The aliens. The hello down there with the text on your phone. Did you see that one? I don't think I it, caught that one. It was like a, it was like a spaceship. No. It was like an alien spaceship, and it was like texting aliens, texting humans, saying like we're here. And um, I don't know how related to the commercial to the brand, but it, it was one of the ones that I caught in the moment. Didn't catch um, a lot. One that I liked, but I kind of teetered on like what I was talking about on State Farm, where it's just like corporation trying to be too cute with it. Sketchers. What? Yes. Yes. Also, very weird to see Mr. T as old as he is now. Yeah. Because I always have, like, I always picture him as, like, yeah. Rocky Mr. T. And I was just like, whoa, he's not only slimmed down, but obviously a little bit older. But um, the Verizon one with Beyonce, I was like, I liked yeah. it, but it was very close for me to being, like, like that State Farm. Just like, uh, it's too a little too cute. I think uh, the novelty for me was just, oh, Beyonce doing a commercial. Not something uh, something I thought was a little bit beneath her. But then she, you know, released new music, and I think the the beehive was just like, yeah, that's good enough for me. 
Um, let us know. Was there a commercial that you actually rocked with? Uh, some Kung Fu Panda. I, I'm surprised a lot more people enjoyed the commercials than I thought would. It felt like it was kind of bland, but maybe I'm just a cynic. Appreciate you guys interacting. Would love to get more of your uh, thoughts on this as we continue on the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's get even more critical. Halftime show, Ursher and all of them, Alicia Keys, Lil John, all them folks came out. What were your thoughts on the halftime show? Did you enjoy it? Did you not like it? What was the talk at the Super Bowl party? We discuss all that next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.